0: I don't know why I thought it was a good idea to wake up this morning and warm up a bowl of jerk chicken. So if I cut this episode short, y'all just pray my shift in the Lord. (laughs) You know what it's like when you don't want no bacon and eggs in the morning. You don't want no breakfast food. You might want, you know, what's left over. Might want that spaghetti in the morning. Might want that pork chop you had last night in the morning. You understand? That lasagna. (laughs) Mine was jerk chicken. (laughs) My God. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) You know how we have God-centered? Because God is in the center of our lives. It's like things that surround God, we move those things and just stay right there in the center with Him. And I was going to use a metaphor of, you know, of a pie, saying it's nothing like getting to the middle of the pie, but many of us like the outside better. We like the crust better. I was going to use macaroni and cheese as another metaphor and say when we get to the center of the macaroni and cheese, but many of us like the edge piece. I know you're probably like, what's up with you and food this morning? <laughs> I know how to gain your attention with the word. <laughs> I know how to gain your attention because we all enjoy food. We don't love it, we enjoy it. Hallelujah. I got your attention with that macaroni and cheese, that corner piece. Oh, God. <laughs> ah, Jesus. Woke up eating jerk chicken. My God. I'm still eating on it. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, seriously, God say during this time, he want you to pay. He want me to pay very close attention to what's going on around us. He want us to use our spiritual ears like never before regarding what's happening around us. He wants us to perceive like never before regarding what's happening around us. And the things that we encounter around us can be changed. Because of the things that are within us brings the change. God said, pay very close attention To what's happening around us. He keeps saying it. Pay close attention. To what's happening around you. Listen more. To what's happening around you. Because you are about to take a shift. He wants you to know you're about to take a shift. God spares us. And times, we're not even aware he's sparing us. Quick testimony. Before I bought my Lincoln, I had a friend of the family who had her Mercedes, I mean, excuse me, her Mustang. I think it was an XG5. I'm not sure. It was a 4 I'm not sure. It was a Mustang convertible. It was orange. Hallelujah. And I was going to buy this mustache. I said, how much you want for it? Because I had enough to get it, no matter what her price was. And she said, 5000 Okay. I'm not the one to ever say, that's it? Because that could make them go higher. <laughs> everything was well, brand new on it and everything. I was going to get it repainted. I was going to have that gloss on it, that shimmery glitter on it. I was going to get that painted on there and have it pink. (laughs) You couldn't tell me nothing with a pink Mustang convertible. (laughs) And God said, don't get that. Don't get that. I was like, why God? Why? Get the Lincoln instead. Okay. I'll get the Lincoln instead. And the Lincoln was half of that, but I wanted that. I said, okay, let me tell you why God said that. Because he spared me. Because with that Lincoln, I was driving recklessly. Racing up and down Willow Road. Racing up and down Southern Avenue. Recklessly. Racing. I was racing so much to the point I was even attempting to race bus drivers. And God said, Quinesha, if you had had that Mustang, you would have lost control over that fast car. And you may not have been here today. I knew you were going to race. That's why I said get the slower car instead. Because I knew you was going to get a car. Up to me, I wouldn't want you to get it because you wanted to race. You're drinking behind the wheel and you're racing. Days after I stopped racing... I'm on my way to work, I hear a loud, boom! I'm like, what in the world just happened? Right across the street from UMC, we know it as Greater Southeast Hospital. What a name for a hospital, my God. And all we saw was a car and ash, one big ash. People crying, screaming, paramedics screaming, people from the hospital, right across the street from the incident screaming. Why are they screaming? And you know, somebody always knows what's going on around. Well, I was just informed that there were two young women under 25, one is a mother, and they were racing up Southern Avenue. They were trying to make it to Southern Avenue Station Light. But they hit a power pole which caused a great spark to hit the car and it caught flames immediately. And the impact of the hit was so bad that it locked them to inside the vehicle. Both doors were bashed in. The airbag locked them in between the front seat and the, you know, the front of the car in front of them. The driver, the steering wheel, the other one in front of her They had them stuck, they couldn't move. The car was so bashed up where their feet were, they couldn't lift their feet up out. Surrounded by all that bashed in metal. And people was coaching them, get out the car on fire, get out. They're like, we can't, we can't, we can't. Not even in five minutes, everybody looking and the car, boom, exploded while they were in it. They put teddy bears there. People cried there. It was on the news. And God said, Quinesha, that could have been you. They were racing. And I was the same age at the time of the incident that they were. Sometimes we think that God is saying not to do because he just don't want. No, it's because he's sparing us because he's sparing us because he's sparing us. He always spares us. Christ said, when I took the keys back, it wasn't for me to keep them. It was for me to hand them over to every single one of you. I didn't need the keys. I knew no sin and became sin that you be free from sin. I gave the keys to you. I just took them back. He said, Quinesia, you are walking around with the keys. No matter if you under Satan's influence or not, you still have the keys. Your bed made in hell. You still have the keys. He can never be unchained. He's bound with chains and you're holding the keys. You're holding the finished work. You're walking around with the finished work all the day long. Whether you're aware or not, it's not going to change what I've done. I've done it. No one can erase it, blot it out. It's done. I'm not finishing up. i finished. It's so amazing that he came as a representative of us originally how we supposed to be. He came representing the kingdom for us. He was representing us. He came to give his life for us. He laid it down for us to never pick it back up again for us. Went and took the keys back for us. Now here's our responsibility for him to walk in the earth being like him. See, he came for us, came like us. Now it's our turn. To be a representative for him, looking like him, releasing him, releasing what he do, releasing what he done, releasing greater works than that. He came to represent us, laid it down, and now we come representing him. Now look how much he came to do what he came to do. He represented our true identity and he represented it well. He did not play around with the mission. He didn't play around with the finish work. He didn't play around with anything. There was trouble on every side. And he came away with God every time and he prayed. He was around unbelief, around doubt, constantly, anger, bitter, fear. Sometimes he it brought tears. It made his heart heavy. He prayed and they used it symbolically to his sweat blood. That means like you was doing some hardcore praying. He wasn't praying for himself. He was praying for us. And still sitting at the right hand of God. Interceding for us like he told the disciples. That Satan would not swift you as wheat. Because that's his agenda. That's his plan. To swift you as wheat. And you're not even going to be knowing When he tries to swift you as weak Until you become swift as weak Then you're going to know once you're bound That you are not free He don't start you out thinking that you're bound Or he's coming to have you bound He dresses up to put the attention back on us Because we gave God our lives And we put the attention back on him So he's trying to gain us To put the attention back on us Don't you want this? You deserve this. Look at what's going on around you. Look what they are saying about you. Look at them trying to take what God said belong to you. He don't come to us about anything other than the promises of God. Because he knows that God's promises are yes and Amen. So he comes to us regarding the promises and try to have us release a different approach, a different word regarding it, to receive a different reality, to delay what God can never deny. Satan can't take it from us unless we give it over. Do you know how God say it's delayed but never denied? Meaning that it doesn't matter if you possess or I possess it, it's still not going to change the fact that God written it for us to possess How many went home and did not possess everything? How many went home and did not fulfill everything? It's not going to change the fact that it's already fulfilled. It's up to us to grab it or not. Christ had every opportunity that the devil kept throwing his way not to be betrayed. Not to be betrayed. People came to try to jail him execute him before his he says not yet my time and what will he do quickly depart he will have to run and hide they were looking to lock him up before it was time for him to be portrayed it was before the supper he had no idea that God was going to speak to him about it being the time doing the supper he just was doing what God was leading him to do like we do today what Christ lead us to do And he speaks so well. Go that way. We go that way. Don't take that. We don't take that. And that's how it should always be. Now him say something and we go back and forth with it. Because he knows what's best for us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And sometimes we argue back with him without arguing back with him. But God, but God, but God, what about, what about, what about? And here goes Satan regarding God's promises, trying to speak the opposite, but in the same scenario. For example, believing God for a spouse. Oh, you want us? Oh, he promised you a spouse? Okay, so let me try to get you to get the wrong one, to delay you from having the right one. Let me try to get words in you for those who seeking children and are married and get frustrated. Let me put in your mind that it can never happen. So you can say words that it would never happen because you gonna have what you say. You're not going to you know, have what I say. You can only have what you say. So let me get you to say it. Let me get you to say that you're barren. Let me get you to say it can't happen. Let me get you in a place to not believe what God has already said to you. Oh, that house. Okay. I'm gonna give you a different location. Not the location where God has for you. I don't want you to be blessed. I don't want you to be favored. So I got to get you out of the favor. Get you out of the grace. And God sees Satan plan every time. And guess what? He prevailed not. But we have to release that in the atmosphere. That he prevailed not over us. Any word that's not of love is from Satan. Anytime we gossip negatively, anytime we lie on people, every time we do any evil deed, it's because we are listening to Satan. It's no excuse from that. Lie on that person. Don't hold yourself accountable. Blame that person. Use that person. Steal from that person. Deny that person. Reject that person dishonor that person, call out that person, point fingers at that person. talk about that person. Have that person to be misunderstood. Go against that person. That's not how we talk from the kingdom. Not one time have Christ have fallen short, not once and we are representatives of him. Every time we have a decision to make and then we think about how serious Christ came and was about his father's business regarding us. That's how serious we should be regarding him. He did his part. Now it's our turn to do ours regarding him. So how are we representing him? Is the same level of honor how he represent us? My God. My God, so much happening in here, supernaturally, yeah. An angel just waved at me, seeing the hand of an angel, yeah. God is showing me an open door. My God. And what does that mean when you see an open door? I mean you have access to walk right through it, right? So we're gonna walk through this door. Because if I'm walking through the door, the, the door, <laughs> you're gonna walk through the door with me. When I increase, you increase. When you increase, I increase. And that's how it's supposed to be. God said, Quanisha, tell this. Don't allow anyone to maneuver us and don't allow anyone to put us on a pedestal. Because we are all one. We are all equal on one accord alongside with God. Don't put nobody above you and don't put nobody beneath you. We are all on one accord. The honor should be on one accord. The love should be on one accord. Christ never loved anyone, no different, no lesser. We think about all the time when we read about the moments and encounters that people had with Christ when he was here in the flesh. And we think about what we would have done. And Mary laying at his feet and all these things that people are doing and done, what would we have done? Consider it already being done because every thought that we feel in our heart concerning our love given to him, he already received it with the thought as if it is an encounter. God shows us visions and dreams to keep us to persevere, to keep us to endure. So we will faint not. We would not grow weary in well doing. We will not grow weary in well-doing. And God say, listen very closely during this time. And pay close attention with your eyes at this time. You will know people and people will know you according to your fruit. So that means without no fruit, they don't know you. Hmm. Because if God don't know you, how can somebody else know you? Without walking in fruit, we don't even know who we are. We are the fruits of the Spirit. Those are the attributes of God. He is love. He is peace. We don't have to look for no miracle signs and wonders. God said, and miracle signs and wonders will be following you. That means everywhere you go, there's an opportunity for a miracle, a sign and a wonder. I can give a word about what's to happen right now. Some will believe and some will not. Why? Because both looking from two different realities. Those who use their faith can see it before they see it. Those who walk by sight have to see it in order to believe it. You see the difference in that? God said, This is the most wonderful time of the year. This time of year is very festive. A lot of love is shown a lot during this time of the year. A lot of family time, sowing seeds. Okay, God want me to say this. If you are a person who likes gifts, and who doesn't, be specific about the type of gifts that you like. Don't think that you have being ungrateful. Because God said there's nothing more dishonoring than to have someone buy you a gift and they see it on somebody else. Let people know what you like. That tells what you don't like. If you just want seeds sown, you just want, you know, a love offering with money, then just let people know that's the thing to get me or whatever kind of gift card or a place that you like because it's nothing more dishonoring than we giving over the gifts that someone giving us to somebody else because we don't use them. If I don't shop at that place, then I'm not going to use the gift card there. I'm going to give it to somebody who I know shop there. And many of us save it for Christmas time. I'm going to give you what I didn't want that somebody given me. God said I see all of that. And that's all dishonoring. That person went out looking for something to give unto you because they honor you. And that's how you show your honor back in return. Keeping things that you know you don't like. God says it's okay for the times, and you know that we did do that in the past. But as of today, be more open about what you like, so people can get you what you really like. Because it puts us in a situation where we have to lie. When they say, "Did you like that pie? Oh, that was so good. It's in the trash." Did you Did you wear those shoes yet? Oh, I didn't get a chance to get to them yet, but I really like them. Gave them somebody else, or they sitting in the closet, and we have no intentions on ever putting them on. You wear that suit, I mean, not yet. I got you, I got you. I'm not gonna wear that suit, I'm gonna give it to Lord Earl or somebody. You like that book? Yeah, I really do. Never opened it yet. You like that candle? It been sitting there years. I don't mean rush and you know do the things, but I'm just saying, it's the things that God said we need to stop doing. If you want cash, then just say, "Give me cash." If you want to sow into my life, then I know what to get myself. Versus somebody spending a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars. On a coat that we know we never gonna put on, you could just give that thousand dollars to me. You understand? God say be honest about it. It's not being ungrateful by you saying what you want specifically. What's dishonoring is that you're not grateful for the things that you really don't like, and you give them away to somebody else, which somebody already given unto you. God say pay close attention at this time because you're about to take a shift. You're about to take a shift for the better. Things that's about to happen, you're about to walk right into it. hmm <laughs> You're about to walk right into it. Pay close attention. Because the devil knows how to be slick, knows how to be very tricky, very treacherous. Pay close attention to it. Healing is very important. Self-healing is very important. It's not just physical healing, mental, emotional. Some of us got some things that we have not let go of yet. And it caused many of us to feel insecure. This is how God deals with insecurity. He would say, go and take off all your clothes and go stand in a mirror. Now tell me, how do you feel? You know why he says that? Because we came into this world naked, unashamed, and unafraid. So he said, take off all your clothes, stand in a mirror and tell me how you really feel and you cannot lie because i already know i want you to be honest about it how do you feel about yourself do you need people to tell you who you are in order to feel good do you need do you need to be surrounded by people in order to feel good If you had only one person in your corner regarding supporting you, would that change you feeling supported from the kingdom first? Do things define you? Are you happy when you have things then when you don't have things? How do you feel in your mind? What do you think about yourself? Do you believe what things or people or places have spoken about you? Because your old neighborhoods, the way how you grew up can talk to your future. If you allow it, it can talk to your present. If you have it, I can only go, but so far because of where I came from. Or do you feel to embrace diversion, extortion, Because of an old poverty mindset. You know what God's saying to me? He don't make no mistakes. You grew up where you grew up. I grew up how and where I grew up. Because God is just that intentional. You needed to see those things. You need to encounter those things. Because there are people out here who have been through the same. And still not free indeed. But you are. You grew up without a dad You still have me as your father And you aware. But look at them They don't even call on me They think they are fatherless They are walking around as orphans You did drugs Okay Didn't I deliver you from that? What did you learn from that encounter? Who did you encounter When you were doing the drugs? Not just the drug dealers Also the drug users The neighborhoods What did you do to get the drugs? And what have that taught you? And look where you are now. There are many out there who were like you, who are like how you were. You've been abused, you've been hit on, you've been beaten on. You survived the attacks. There are people right now being beat on. I had you to go through what you went through because I'm just that intentional. because order for you to help someone else out, you must first know how it is to relate. Because no one wants to hear if no one knows what it's actually like to go through that. Why do you think I surround you by certain things every time? I may surround you around thieves. Because you don't steal. I may surround you with lusters. Because your body is your temple. I may surround you with people that are demonic. Because you cast out devils. So if anybody call you a devil or call you demonic, it's because they are. Someone could go from sweet to bitter just like that at any time. At any time you see the word, hear the word and understand, you could be changed. And every time you deny what you see, deny what you hear, deny what you know, you also become changed. There's good change and bad change. Which change are a part of your life. What changes are? The good or the bad? If it's 2% bad, it's all bad. There's no such thing as 80% good, not even 98%. It's either 100 or none. If you praise me and hate your neighbor, it's done in vain. If you gossip about your neighbor, if you have a negative motive, if you're lying on people, manipulating people, trying to be against people, it's all done in vain what you do unto me you're only receiving blessings because I am faithful and I love you that's why I said it's not behavior based if it was you would have nothing it's because of my grace I'm only moved by my love I'm only moved by my words I'm only moved by my deeds I'm only moved by what I have finished the mission is already accomplished you just reaping benefits. That's why I say, do not forget my benefits. If you can't tame your tongue, you do everything else in vain. Yes, you on your knees crying out to me. But make sure you stay 100%. Because if you don't treat people as you treat me, you don't treat me that way Is done in vain. The way you think you treat me. I hear your words. But I see your deeds. I see your heart that speaks more for you than what your mouth can say. Because the mouth know how to lie. And Satan knows how to use the mouth to lie. He comes in to destroy. He don't come in and play no games. Like I said, my son, he came to destroy the works of the devil. He didn't come and play no games. Fasted many a times than he ate natural food. When he supplied that food and multiplied that food, do you think he ate or was he more focused on giving it (laughs) out? When he cooked that breakfast at the seaside while disciples were toiling all night to get fish, who do you think he was cooking the breakfast for? When he knew that he was going to encounter them. He's teaching you how to serve men. And men mean people. Not just a man. When I say you are the son of man. It's not a gender. It's as a people. When I say I am not a man. I don't mean a gender. Because it wouldn't say. God so loved the world that he gave is not a gender it's a people when I say I am not a mad meaning I am not a people that I shall lie because every person who have ever been here ever did my son has lied has lied And lies don't come from the kingdom. Lies come from Satan. God say for many of us, we are laughing now. Because it looked like we're looking like we're holy. But we're not presentable. And we're going to cry later. And many who are crying now due to persecution... has exit out of that fire. And they're about to laugh because joy comes in the morning. You don't have to dust your knees because I said you would not be touched. Even while you're on the ground on your knees, it would be no dirt on your knees. You would not be touched. Every persecution that was done unto you, it was done unto me, say of God. Every lie that was told on you, Was told on me. Every act. Every deed that you have done. Or anyone could have done. God said we've done it unto him. So that gossip. That looking around. Seeing what's going on. How can we stop things from happening? We're doing it unto God. And yet we raise our hands and say, God, I love you. And we mean it with all our being. But the thing is, he's seeing it done in vain. He's seeing it done in vain. We can prophesy in vain. If our hearts are not 100%. And if we don't love all men, that mean people, like he said, men mean people. If we don't love all people, we don't love him. Because love is love. And it's available for all men. If you had to write a list and God say name people that you love so much and many of us would start within our own home. (laughs) God said that everyone should have only one word on a piece of paper regarding all people. And it's I love everyone. The word should be everyone. Not mommy, daddy, kids, relatives of other relatives. No, everyone. Love heals. Love is bold. Because love is patient and love is kind. We want to release healing, but we still have to be healed. Because what are we saying? Are we waiting to be like Christ? Are we still working on becoming like Christ? Do we know what happened when we had the keys in our hand? We became like Christ. Once again, that's what restoration is all about. Being brought back into our originality. So now we brought back, we can do what? Take back. Everything we have given over to Satan freely. Satan cannot stop God's plan. He can only use us to deny it. Or delay it. He cannot do nothing of his own. And neither are we created to do anything of our own. It's even Satan's influence or God's. Many of us serving God and worshiping God and still doing negative deeds right now on Facebook. Let me go show this off. Let me go tell this person off. And many of us think because we have a lot of people around us that we are deeply supported, even in our wrongdoing. But God says regarding that type of thinking, it's not you. It's the influence that you're under, which is Satan. Or I could be under, which is Satan. And God said to every demon, to every devil, one could chase away a thousand. So if we plot on, we got all this family, all this support against another one chase away a thousand. That's how God defends. Two, 10,000. Three, 100,000. You do the rest. So how many people are we using to be under our influence to become troubled for another? You know what God would do? He wouldn't pay it no mind. It don't matter if anybody come in his ear and say anything about anybody. He wouldn't pay it no mind. Because it wouldn't change his honor for people. It wouldn't change his love for people. Many of our love has changed because of the love that we have for other people. Who don't honor people. So now we put ourselves in a situation. Where we don't honor them either. Because we honor the person. That don't honor them more. Than the people that they choose not to honor. You understand? And why do we think these changes are being made? Why do we think that things are happening? We actually supposed to be further off. Than where we currently are. But God's going to work with. Whatever we present unto him. He's not a force. If we're gonna give him 5%, he can do what he can do with 5%. If we don't give him access to the other 95, what can he do with it? We're not available for him to move in it. That's why many of us only get parts of things, little pieces of things, and not get all of it. How many times we go on Instagram or Twitter or DMs or IMs, whatever that is, and go on Facebook, guys, and look to see who doing what or feel some type of way when we see that somebody is doing or saying something, trying to prove a point, want someone to be envious or jealous or say, I want your life. I'm going to give you two situations. It's two scenarios. One is, if there's a person that's far off in you and you're hungry for the same things, but not theirs but will God have for you, but similar regarding ministry, it can go two ways. They can either give you word for word, how to get the way they are, Or God won't have them to give much information. And I'm going to tell you why it happens that way in the two. If you are mature or not. To hear the information. Because God will stop us from us not even being aware that our heads are beginning to swell. Or they will swell when we get there. And God won't have people to give us every detail as to how they got there all the time. You know why? Because you cannot benefit from their process. When we have to process our own process, because it's like we are benefiting from their spiritual maturity that they had to go through, their spiritual development. It's like people being connected to you or connected to me who don't even walk with God, but have the benefits coming from your life into their life. And they're being blessed because they're connected to you. And God want everybody to get their own, you understand, quickening and sharpening. He want every single one of us to go through that process of our own because it builds up our character. It wouldn't be no character if I only get because of what you're getting, because you're benefiting by what you're doing unto God. And I'm not doing anything, but I'm just getting things, getting by because of you. So where is the building of my character? If I'm getting by because of you building up your character. So God wants to go through that process. And how long the process be, it it determines how hungry you are for the change. How hungry I am for the change. Right now, many of us could think about there's somebody in our heart that we just don't care for. And what are we doing about it? Spreading bad news about it, regarding it. We don't have to open our mouths to defend ourselves about nothing. And we don't have to look at no one less than who they are regarding nothing. Continue to love anyhow. Because the devil knows how to dress up a lie. He knows exactly how to do that. He will have our eyes to look differently, which being blinded, Paul is a clear example He was blinded by the truth, and God decided to take that very thing from him that was robbing him, which was his sight. Had scales over his eyes, couldn't even open them for a matter of days. Now, this one gets me. Jonah in the belly of a whale. Whoa. That is so supernatural because whales, excuse me, don't even eat humans, digest humans. I'm into science, earth, environmental, it doesn't matter, astronomy, I just like to read and learn about a lot of things historically that I didn't really pay attention to that much in class. (laughs) What you didn't learn then, you're definitely going to learn now. My teachers, I took a test, the SAT test that we all take in high school. My score was so good that the teachers applied for colleges for me. Had no idea because order for you to get acceptance letters, you have to apply. I never applied. I was still a junior. I was gonna wait till my senior year to figure out what I really want to do because I always known I wanted to preach. But I was like, okay, people have me, you know, thinking that that's not a real job. So I'm looking like, what else can I do? I mean, what else is there? I like to preach. I don't care about what others may think that they take a profession for. I live to preach. I'll die for preaching. I can preach the figs off a tree. I can preach figs on a tree. That's all I ever done was preach. And people would say, preach? That's not a job. You got to get something else like a doctor or a lawyer or something. And then when you look at people who have those professions, it look very well. They homes with the, you know, they got the yachts and the boats in the backyard and it looks so good. And guess what? I'm so happy for them, for them going through the necessary steps to receive what you got. Because everybody's not greedy. People actually have an honest living. And I'm so proud, but I have an eye for those things too. But God wants me to lose sight of the eye that I need to have. It's spiritual. I can't get caught up wanting material things. I gotta stay caught up for the eternal things first. And that opens doors for the, you know, the other things. If I have a home with no wisdom, it can be foreclosed like that. Because I could be at home even with so much money, I don't have wisdom to know how to keep or micromanage the money. You understand? Even when it comes to marriages, we don't have the eternal things, and those are the fruits of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit, if I don't have the healing, the knowledge, discernment, speaking in tongues, and diverse tongues, tongue interpretation, if I don't have love, joy, peace, you understand patience, kindness, generosity, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, how can I keep a man? Even if it's the man for me or the woman for you, How can we keep them? You know how many officers, doctors, lawyers go home, surgeons go home with all of that salary and still some of them don't have no peace in the home. Some do, some don't. And I got accepted to five colleges and one was Delaware State. That's all I remember. One was Delaware State. Because I'm familiar with Delaware State. Now, anytime your teachers apply for college for you, that says a lot about your potential. Wasn't even a senior yet. Thank God that my mom, it was God, he's so intentional. My mom would have never given us a mailbox key because she knew our grades come in the mail. And we could take them and rip them up. But she was led because God is that intentional for her to give me those set of keys. And I got those acceptance letters and God said, rip them up. And don't share what you just done. Because God knew she would not understand because that's just a mother's reaction. What do you mean? No college. You want to further your career. But the thing is, I would have put my all into that career naturally. And it would have robbed me of my purpose spiritually. Because I was into criminal justice. My father was in constant since I was five. I've been so big on. I've been going back and forth into the jails, so I started looking up cases and watching movies and TV shows about what happens in prisons. And I even looked up capital punishment. God, I'm telling you, he just he's just that intentional. I had a teacher who's a who was an English teacher, but she always talked about capital punishment. And she talked to the right student. And her name is Anderson. If I was to see her on Facebook, I would say, "Remember we talked about that lesson?" Matter of fact. I gave her a dream and another kid the day before 9-11. It was, it was 9-10, my birthday. I was in school. It was at the table. I said, I had a dream that a plane crashed. And another student said, yeah, I did too. She was like, you guys did? Yeah. The next day, breaking news. The country is under attack. Just had two planes. She was like... <gasps> You guys just talked about it. Yeah, we did. You understand? But when God shows us these warnings, guess what, guys? We got to cast them down. (laughs) We can't call them forward. (laughs) It's set up to happen, but God needs our declarations and decrees. So it'll be established what we decree and declare unto us. I was like, God, we got to declare against it. Not have a dream and talk about it and call it forth. But we didn't know. We were kids. Not saying that happened because we didn't declare. Because we weren't the only ones that God has shown. He showed us different things to cast down and speak over it so it won't happen. And when God showed me a warning, I'm so quick to speak against it and so shall it be established unto me. And I'm into all of that forensics and private investigations and, you know, unsolved mysteries. Cause I know how to have them solved because I have an eye to see hidden things. I have great discernment who tell reveal me I'm enlightened. Oh, intuition on the one hundred. You understand? And I'm into all that death row, all those things. And God will have me to look at cases and pray over it and stuff like that. But it's the thing is, God say, I want you in your purpose spiritually regarding the mysteries of my word, because when you receive a treasure in my word, I say it's yours to keep. And when you release that in society, it opens up doors for the things that's naturally happening that can stop and bring about great change. The change always starts in a spiritual realm and it manifests naturally. You want to start in the natural and then work your way spiritually. But I don't put natural on super, I put super on natural. And I didn't get it, I got it now. I got it now. Much clock hours I done studied, and you know, regarding criminal justice. (laughs) Very educated there. I wanna share something about death row. There are many there Who did not even commit the crime. And once they become executed. They clear their name. But they already been executed. They used to give you your last meal. And there's no limit to what you want to order. But you just cannot have any alcoholic or drugs. No alcoholic beverages or any drugs. You can order as much as you want. Because that's your last meal. And many were ordering things that was about $2,000, 5000 I want 10 lobsters. They thought about everything they ever wanted and they didn't get. Or the things that they did get and they still wanted more of that they couldn't get in prison. I want a big bowl of spaghetti. I want one man said I want KFC. I want, you know, steak. I want everything. I want the best steak. I want the best of everything. I want everything expensive. I'm going all out before I get murdered, before I, you know, be executed. And many of the times when it comes to the last final hour, many of them don't eat the food because they don't have an appetite because they know they're about to exit their body. Due to lethal injection, you know, electric chair, it doesn't matter the form of execution. So they stopped the budget. Those, state was losing, those states was losing too much money. And they were wasting the food. You're not going to eat $1,000 worth of food. And one man, he struck me because all he wanted was an olive. And I said to myself, why an olive? Why did he just want an olive? So I start studying his case. And I looked at him. Many of them have been through a lot of trauma, whether it was two parents in a home, very wealthy. Some kids commit all these crimes and grow up in teenagers and adults because even though two parents in a home and they work so much and give you the best of everything. Still feel neglected and abandoned because they're working so hard to give you everything. But the thing that they want is you, not the things. So they grow up. Like those two brothers who made a bomb in their bedroom and the mother had no idea her sons were doing it and blew them up. When we read about these snipers that was going in these schools shooting, I read their history. They were all bullied and talked about. And they always do a cry out before they commit the crime. The last crime, the guy, he told his girlfriend. That white guy who went in New York and shot up them people, he told a girl on social media who they were talking with, about to meet up for the first time, I'm about to go kill some people. And she was like, I don't think that's a good idea. He said, I'm about to do it. Look at the gun. She never told anybody. Now, had she said something that would have never happened, why do you want to kill somebody? He was beaten, bullied, outcast. He felt like he was cast out. It's not more so like, I hate you, go to jail, you're killing these people. No, you have to really read their background. What led you up to this point? And God had me to study all these mass murderers, rapers, and all these things. What led you to that? For people who want to rape, they want control. They want to control for those who rape those who even put substances in drinks for people to be passed out so they can rape and some are even killed one man i studied he it was cannibalism he was eating them as he killed them and kept some of the parts in the freezer or in a shower in a in a cooler because he was abandoned a lot. His parents worked a lot. They had all this money. And all he had was just being at home as a kid and the neighbors watch him. So he went outside, went for walks, lived on a railroad. He saw all these animals that was roadkill. And he started being infatuated with the insides of flesh that was dead and rotten. So he went to start killing animals and looking at their insides, taking pictures and drawing pictures. Then he started coming up higher because Satan's talking to him. Now he started doing it to people, to men. And they said, why did you want to do this? Why did you eat these men and after you killed them and raped them? He said, because I have issues with abandonment. And I thought if they want to leave me, I couldn't take no one walking off on of me again. So I kill them and keep some of their body parts or I eat them because I want a part of them to be with me so they won't leave me again. So, you're eating people because you don't want them to leave you because you want a part of them in you. That's your way of saying they would never leave you by having their parts and remains inside of you. Or even, he even have them in a, you know, in ice, in a cooler, in a shower, right? Taking a shower, right beside arms and legs. He said he don't want them to leave them. And then, us parents, when we read about what our kids have done and we think about, what can we have done to stop it? Not to blame you or blame me, but I'm just saying. We need to know what's going on with our kids. There were over 75 suicide attempts that God had me to bless between last year and this year. And I will always say to them this is not it for you. Don't give up on yourself. It's always going to get better than this because they always only see that point right there where they are. Don't see a way of escape. Make a long story short. Not one of them committed to the suicide. They, they attempted, but it did not go through with it. And they're still here today. I see them all over doing things and they're smiling, thanking God. I don't want no glory. Thanking God that they still here. And they can think about it all the time. I was, I was about to kill myself. Many of them message me all the time. That's why I stayed logged on to stuff. Because they message, I'm about to do it. I got the gun, I got the sheet. I got the razor blade. It's my time for now. Greater seems in us than he's in the world. It's more for where that came from.